0: We are going to be in Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. And Ephesians 4, 3 through 5 reads like this. Make every effort. I've been meditating on that this this week. Make every effort. How are my efforts going? Um, Are they going at all? Am I a little sloth this week, right? And and, um, not making an effort. And so when it says make every effort... Am I convicted by that? So make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over all and in all and living through all. God is part of his creation, and he the maker of it, and we live because of him. Amen. Maintain unity. Notice Paul mentions the word one seven times in this passage, right? So if you read through that again, when he says one, he says it seven different times. One speaks of unity of God. If you ever see the, the number one in This you will notice that is speaking of the unity of God and the unity of God in the completeness of our faith. Seven happens to be the number of completeness. Okay? Some people like to call it the perfect number. I like to call it the number of sanctification, which means that is it is made perfect because it is walked in that towards perfection. Right? So building completely in Christ Jesus, therefore. It is sanctified. Paul is emphasizing the fact that we need to be full and complete with one body, one spirit, one glorious hope for the future, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, which is exciting, right? Paul is calling us to unity first in our doctrine. All those things are doctrinal issues. They are not necessarily practical issues. They're all doctrinal issues. If we can't get past this, we can't move forward. Okay? So if you if you can't get with that, God's God, I'm not. He's awesome. I stink. He saved me. I didn't. And if we can't get past that, then we could probably just stop right here. You're like, thank you. I'll see you next week. Don't worry, I get to say that again. Okay? So notice he is stressing the unity and not the uniformity. Okay? He's stressing unity and not uniformity. I'll give you an example. Unity would be working toward the same goal. Uniformity would be wearing the same uniform while doing it. Okay? Unity is working toward the same goal. Uniformity is wearing the same goal or same, wearing the uniform while we're doing it. Here's another example. Many Christians are willing to play the same song, but we want to play it our own way, with our own tuning, with our own tempo, and our own volume, much like this example, this video here. Put it up there and then give it a click. Yes. to believe. They got quite a bit of applause after that one. But there's a bigger video there that goes along with it and things. So just go to the next slide. It'll be fine. Um, So many are content with uniformity. We all have instruments in our hands. We're all part of a band, right? We all could wear the, the, the uniform, right? Marching band wears uniforms. But they all have to work toward the same goal and be listening to their conductor if they are going to produce something that is beautiful. And I think there's something to be said of the beauty of multiple people working together to make a sound that they can't make by themselves, but the harmonies and the melodies and the all the cants that go along with it is pretty amazing when you get into a symphony or even a junior high band that has learned to play together. So likewise, many are willing to play the song of moral living, but they don't want to be burdened with the yoke of unity of the church, right? We want our kids to learn a moral code, but we don't want it we don't want to have to surrender. So we'll send our kids to church, but we don't necessarily want to be a part of it, or we'll go and Yes, I love what your Jesus does, but I don't want to surrender to your Jesus, right? And so the church gets stuck into that, and then that paints a picture where the world says, well, I love your Jesus, but I don't love your church. And that is disappointing, right? That's because we have not surrendered to the doctrine of Christ, but we've surrendered to some of the practical things. And that's what it looks like, friends, when we get out there and you, have, and you do not have Christ as the king of their life and of the church. And as we move into a major part of faith application, we see John and Paul, more Paul though, We see Paul pausing one more time to uh, develop the unity of the church. We need to be walking in step with one another to equip the saints, to equip a walk of faith, to walk in the light, to rid ourselves of our sin nature and to equip us with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need to become imitators of God, pressing toward God holiness. Well, why? Well, so we can live as correct wives and husbands. So we know what it means to be a strong father and mother with a gentle spirit. Likewise, kids, we will know how to honor our father and mother as it is the only commandment with a promise. Did you hear that? To honor your father and mother is the only commandment that goes with a promise, right? That it may go well with you. That is the promise. So Colossians 3.23 lifestyle reflects on our work. And Colossians 3.23 says, work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Friends, everything I've just said right there is the rest of Ephesians well, thanks, Pastor, I'll see you in a couple of months now because I got the, I got the review. Well, you do, but we can go into the depth of that, right? So I want start encourage you to still keep coming. But when it comes down to it, our ambition as a church should center on embracing the love of Christ resulting in unity of the body. If the doctrine is all working together, unity should be a result of this doctrine. Let's continue on in Ephesians chapter, <coughs> chapter 4, <coughs> verses 7 through 10. It says, however, he has given each one of us a gift, a special gift. What is that special gift? It's, it is life, but it's grace first, right? He gives us grace, and that produces life. It gives us a special gift through the generosity of christ that is why the scriptures say when he ascended into the heights he led a crowd of captives and gave his gifts to his people notice that it says he ascended that clearly means that christ also descended in our lowly world and that the same and the same one who descended is also the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself what does that mean what does that mean? I'm going to just say this a little bit because I'm not talking about it a ton in the message. But that if he ascended, it means he came down, right? So he came down at least to earth. And it says he came, went down even to lower because they ascended up. What it says in, um, in the Gospels, he talks about a story about Lazarus and there being a great chasm. And that he says that he... Um, so we know that there's a divide in what we would call paradise, okay? Back in the day, um, in the Greek, they would call it Hades, okay? And we would say that's a place that was designed before Christ ascended to heaven, okay? So Christ descends into that place, and he gives the gospel message, or those that have received the gospel message on earth, they ascend into heaven, and then he goes above heaven because he's going to be ruler of heaven because he's awesome, and we are not. He has not sinned, and he deserves that place. God gives him that place. We find that out in Revelation, right? And so what happens to us after we die? I don't know if that place still exists or not. I don't know. It doesn't matter to me because when I, the Bible says, when I have passed on from this life, I will be present with the Lord Jesus Christ if I have surrendered to his will. And if I surrender to his will, I go to be, live in heaven. If I live in heaven, that's because I've surrendered to his will, and that's life, okay? What's the alternative of that? I don't surrender to his will, and I go to hell because it was my choice, okay? What is hell? We know it's a lake of fire. We know it's where the worm never dies, and... Um, The fire never goes out. But what I really know it is, it's the lack of God. There's no one there to protect me from Satan and his demons. They can torment me day and night, and I will be tormented by my own angst, by my own problems, by my own authority. I've allowed myself to be there. And that's sad. There's a way to get out of that. There's a way to to move from that. So we need to grow in maturity through God's grace. That's that surrender moment, right? God has allowed us to live on this earth. This is an age of grace. Until he comes back again, there's an opportunity to make it back into heaven through God's grace. And with the unifying factor of Christ Jesus' death on the cross, bringing together all who believe in his name, Paul encourages the believers to grow in their faith, to reach down in the roots in God's love and to keep growing strong, that we may have the power to understand and have a firm knowledge of how long, how high, how deep God's love is for each one of us. It's Ephesians 3.18, like we had in the call to worship this morning, right? Think about that. Have you ever pondered how big God's love is to you you ever considered your sin and how it's devastating to God and then hopefully you haven't done anything too terribly wrong but God's also forgiven those sins as well someone who's raped, murdered, cheated stole, adulterated was a fun word it'll work Right and all the things, right? God forgives those too. All at the same time, all at one moment on the cross. This love gets a little bit bigger that way, doesn't it? Does He want us to sin so that He can give His grace even more? Absolutely not. That's why it says in Romans. That's not the point. The point is that we would start to walk in His ways, and we would start to grow, and then we can become mature, not being blown back and forth like a reed in the wind. His prayer for believers, and my prayer for you, White Rose, is that we you would experience the love of Christ, knowing far well that this way is too great to fully understand. But as we search, we can. It could be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Amen. There is no fancy application that, like, if you follow these three steps, you can get to heaven. That's called works. It doesn't happen. If you say this certain prayer, you get to heaven. No, it's a matter of the heart, surrendering your heart and surrendering your will over to him, and then you get to go to heaven. It's just you, Jesus, Jesus, And the Bible, every morning, that's how you grow in your faith. You, me, and the Bible, right? Some of the other ways we can do that are some of the Bible studies we have around here, but I don't want to give those away because that's my end application. Ask him to change your outlook so we can see his master plan. Have you ever asked that of God? Lord, I don't know where you're at in life. I don't know what what I'm doing here. Reveal yourself to me. Show me where you're at. Moses was bold enough to say, Lord, show me your glory. God did, right? Do you really want to see that? Better prepare your heart because it's going to be a little bit more than what you're ready for, Moses, even though Moses is probably more holy than most of us. Uh, God still blew him away, didn't he? So we look around this world. We see what's going on across the sea, across the pond, right? Ukraine and Russia and Israel and Hamas. And we see all this tragedy, war and famine all around the world. And we wonder, how can this be? Haven't we done this before? Isn't this on repeat? Haven't we already had world war that was supposed to end all wars? And then we had the great war that was supposed to end all wars. It just doesn't happen. I think those were reversed, right, William? Great Wars first. Oh man. He's my World War I buff right there. So but we know that God has a plan for all eternity. Man is not going to bring about their own salvation. I can't bring about my own salvation. It is only the grace of God that brings it out for all time. And we're going to it's going to be all right in the end. But how do you know this? How do you know this, pastor? Because my Lord and Savior went down into paradise to Abraham's bosom, and he rescued all the believers, and they were with Jesus right now. And I know if I die today, I will be in the presence of my Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, do you have that same kind of assurance? Can you say boldly that when you die today that you're going to heaven? Because if you can't say that, then you have some business to do with the Lord. You either need to wash your hands and feet like Peter needed to, or you need to wash your soul and surrender it to the Lord. Because the blood of Jesus has set us free from the power of sin and death, and we know that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all our wickedness. And I V calls it unrighteousness. And if I were... The sin plumber, my advertisement would say, don't delay, call today. (laughs) Right? Couldn't resist. But why would we want to put off our eternity for our own pride? That's the question. Why would we want to put off eternity for our own pride? We know all this tragedy, all this violence. And all destruction comes from the adversary, the devil. He's doing what he can to thwart the master plan of God. And it doesn't matter how hard he battles. It doesn't matter how hard he persecutes the church. It doesn't matter how discouraged we may get because there are not enough people in the pews. We know that God has sent revival in the past, and he can send it again if it's in his will. I will not give up. I will not quit. Lord Jesus, we ask that you would come down in a mighty way, that you would work in our hearts first, and that you would transform us into people that reflect you so that others can see the wonders that we have in you. Lord, I pray that you would be the goal and not service to any one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. We must prepare our hearts to receive that grace that he pours out on us. Have you ever had somebody that talks about, maybe they're a Christian, so this would be a, somebody that goes to church, and they talk about their high school years, and that, and that was their glory days. Well, you know that they weren't Christian, a Christian back then, right? Well, my first thought is, if that was their glory days, and they reminisce about that, then is their heart really surrendered? I don't know. I'm not their judge. But I, it sure brings up some questions in my mind about that, right? But if we go through and we, and we think about somebody that, that they think about their past and they're like, well, you know, I'm not who I was back then, right? That's somebody I think has got a little bit more remorse, somebody that's changed for the better, and somebody that has allowed Christ to come in with his mighty power, full of grace and peace. and It's changed their life and it's really, truly transformed them. Because our ambition as a church should center on embracing the love of Christ, resulting in unity in the body. Therefore, this is our third M, we need to get involved in ministry. Three M's, look at that. I had to put it up a little up the top because I had to get the application in there. Right? can't be in Ephesians chapter 4 and not do any application. This is the basis of what I believe, how I do ministry. and And I ask you this first. Who's in charge of White Rose Fellowship Church? Yeah, God is, right? Right? Because we ask the Heavenly Father first. And who should we look like? There's the Jesus answer, right? We should all look like Jesus because he came and set the example because we pray in Jesus' name for it to make it happen because that's where our authority lies, right? He went to the needy and the outcast, and he ministered to all. He ministered to the rich and the powerful. He ministered to the beggar and the outcast, man, woman, child, those full of themselves and those who understood authority, and we're willing to surrender. He went to all. Regular tender, Christian, I ask you, God's word says in 1 John 2, 6, that's the one I should have memorized, those who say they live in Christ should live their lives as Jesus did. And it's actually like those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did, Right? You see how that rhythm really works really well with that verse? You're going to be saying it the rest of the day. It's going to be stuck in your head, just like that purple song I had stuck in my head yesterday. Sawyer, this is tangent, has nothing to do with the study. He gets going on a video game. He gets excited. He just turns into this um, opera singer. Not opera singer, but he just starts singing. Starts singing when he's playing his video games. It's pretty awesome. Um, Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. He was singing a purple song yesterday. Are you... Serving anywhere at White Rose, anywhere, a different church, are you serving? If the answer is no, it's time to get in the game. It's time to get in the game. There's no more, uh, there's no better reward than to serve somebody else and feel the love What it means to give to give. Changes your heart, changes your outlook in life, changes your lifestyle. You don't become so important. You don't come become so depressed because you're looking to pour yourself into somebody else. You don't become so worried because God's going to take care of you. You have that faith and that trust in Him. Are you serving anywhere? If the answer is yes, great. Now it's time to find someone who is not in the game and invite them to join you. All right? I can tell you for certain, Amy is terrified of leading a woman's group. She's never told me that, but I can tell you she is. That is not her bent, but she's doing it anyway because we have another elder that likes to, doesn't like to sing, and he gets up here and sings. And he's like, well, if he can do that, then I can go over there and I can do a women's group, right? I am very proud of her. I've been mentoring her girl for years disciple her and now she is willing to turn around and serve i'm excited for that i pray that you guys would encourage her in that as well find someone to get in the game with you are you have you gotten to the game you have somebody come alongside you are you training your replacement this is how we do when we're down in the kitchen this is what we do if How many people know Joyce Kingdon, right? Most of all of us know Joyce, right? She knew she was getting up in the ears. She grabbed, says, Judy, it's time that you get involved around here. And she pulled her down there and showed her the ropes in the kitchen. Many of y'all did the same thing too. But that's why Judy loves to do that cooking stuff, and that's why she got involved is because Joyce wouldn't let her get away. She tried. And Joyce was like, uh-uh. And you know how Joyce can be when she gets uh, her head behind it. And I heard that story from Judy. And then you guys come alongside her and help her out. We do the same thing over at the food pantry. And we got to train the next generation down as well. That's something that's important as well. So once you've trained them, Are you willing to let go of the reins? That's tough too, right? That's one thing that I did on, you know why men's group is on Thursdays at 6.30? So I don't have to be in charge of it. More importantly, that people don't turn and say, okay, Shane, you're in charge of it now. Okay? That's a challenge. So that they are led by other men because it doesn't have to be led by the pastor. I know, it's crazy, but when you're trained up in the way that you're supposed to go, you won't depart from it, and you will learn how to do it right. That's what next week's going to be all about, just so you know, (laughs) right? And I'm I'm encouraged by Jamie. He does not want to do that either. He cannot, he has a short, I won't call it temper, but kind of, right? He can get really short with, I want, I want people to move, and I want to move now. And I can feel the same way sometimes, too, right? I want to see us grow, and I want to see us grow now. But it requires patience. It requires God's timing. And it's not Shane's timing. And we've got to move to forward together. The thing is, we've got to keep moving forward, though, right? Whether it's baby steps or giant leaps. And sometimes they come in both, right? So we need to turn them loose, have you passed off your ministry? What's the place God's calling you to next? You can always use a prayer ministry around here. That's something I think we need to be emphasizing more. I'm not very good at talking in front of people. Can you talk to God? There's rooms around here that we could talk to God before the service starts. We could do it during the week. All those things, right? When we see people in this pattern of serving, that is what we look for When it comes to elder material. That is where it starts. And we look for other things. Like how they take care. And they teach their family. And how they love Jesus by loving others. So when we look at our ministry as a whole. I ask what does a first century disciple making. Look like in the 21st century. What does first century disciple making look like in the 21st century. Do you have trouble submitting to God. That would be your first step. Are you living out your faith? Well, let's look at a biblical equation that we have received from Cadre Ministries that I have based my ministry off of since. So we have on your in your bulletin, you've got a lot of blanks today, okay? They're all on the screen. So if you haven't filled them in yet, you're more than welcome to. If you need a pen, I could probably chuck one at you from here. Just watch your eyes. Just kidding. There's pens in the back. You can go out, and sneak out and get one. It's TW plus 4K times D3 equals a disciple maker of Jesus. Well, what in the world did you just say, Pastor? Sounds like gang signs up there. Are we going to have to kick? Just kidding. So TW. TW is time with. Agree or disagree. It's hard to make disciples of someone when you don't spend any time with them. Agree with that? It's hard to make a disciple of someone if you don't spend any time with them. I would, I would agree with that statement, right? The more time you get to rub um, shoulders with somebody, they rub off on you and you rub off on them. John 3.22, early on in Jesus' ministry, just calls the 12 and says, after this, Jesus and his disciples went on to, onto the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them. And he baptized them there. That's where I believe. I think he showed them maybe he had them baptize each other. And once after that Jesus doesn't baptize very many people. He makes the disciples do it. Okay? That's why when we have baptisms on Sunday, I'm reluctant to do it. I want the person who discipled you to dis- to baptize you. Time with time with Jesus allows him to become alongside us, partnering in our ministry. Do life that pleases him because he is right there with us. After all, what does Emmanuel mean? It means God with us. I believe it is our purpose as believers, our ministry, to give God the glory. We do ministry by doing life with Jesus. We learn how to follow from the teacher, and then we teach others how to follow. Because he must become greater in our lives, and we must become Less. That's in John chapter 3, 2 as well. It's not John 3 2, it's later on there. It's like 36, 39, somewhere in there. Who is the Lord been nudging you to get more time with? Who has the Lord been nudging you? You really need to pour into this person. You need to lift them up. You need to train them in the way they should go. You need to teach them their Bible. Or I don't know my Bible very well. I need to find that person. This person really knows. I want to know how they live. What is their code? And usually, when you don't know very well, it's because you're hanging out with the wrong crowd. And so who do I need to spend less time with? Right? Who needs more time? Who needs less time? Those are always good evaluation. Do these people pull you closer to the Lord? Or do they help you Walk away from him, right? K4. K4 is Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh is a, I think it's Hebrew word. It means to hit the mark. Where would we see this a lot? It's an archery term. To hit the bullseye repeatedly over and over on a consistent basis. Hit the bullseye. To do this, we need to let have these minimum four characteristics, okay? There's more components to our Christ walk, but the minimum are these four, okay? So what are the four minimum ones? Life as worship. Colossians 3, 3 C323 lifestyle. We said it early, Colossians 3.23, work willingly at whatever we do as you were working for the Lord rather than People, when you are doing something that's disgusting and you have to do it for work, don't do it for your boss. Don't do it for yourself. Do it for the Lord. It changes your perspective. It makes it easier. If you're doing something that's wonderful, you're about ready to knock down the three-pointers and win the game for everything, don't do it for yourself. Don't do it for the glory. Do it for the glory of the Lord. I don't know if you guys saw the speech that is it John? Who's the, the Ravens coach, John Harbaugh? Or is it the other one? John. It's John. Have you, have you seen his clip? They cut it out of the news, so it's not in the national media. But he's like, there's a bigger purpose here. There's a wonderful purpose that we, we've come together. And I just want to say that we want to give all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We have a team that ha- puts that in perspective, and that's something that we want to put into perspective Now we can begin. And they cut it all out of the media. It's not in an interview unless you find it on a Christian interview. I've seen several of that in the NFL this year. It's like, why? Why are they doing that? It's because they have an agenda. Right? Bibles only sell so far, but sex, money, and power, they'll sell a long way. Right? And Gambling. We don't want people convicted after the game, after they just lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. We want them to feel good about that they spent all that money. Next one. We are loved extravagantly to love others. Love to love. Love to love. We are loved extravagantly by God so that we can love others. Love God with all our hearts and all our souls, with our all, in a sense, all our mind and all our strength, so that we can love others with our all. Number three, prayerfulness. It's a lifestyle of prayer. This means waking up and praying. This means praying before the noon meal because it's a habit and it's smart to do. Not because we need to pray for our food. It's because we need to surrender our time and our... Maybe our talent? I don't know. Definitely our time, though. Think about this. Why do we pray while we're hungry? I've said this before. It's like a mini fast, right? You are more important than feeding my belly, than getting, than assaging my hunger. Ooh, it's a big word there. That was toilet paper I've been using lately. Just kidding. I don't have that toilet paper. Assaging my hunger and giving him the glory And thanks, and then eating. That's why we pray before meals. Okay? Pray continually. When you're in trouble, we pray. When we have time of glory, we pray. When we have time of rest, we pray. When we're busy, we're too busy not to pray. We pray. Number four, studying the scripture to know God. Don't just read your Bible. Meditate on it. What did I say I was meditating on this week? Right? Pray it back to God. Live it out. Know what it means. Who has challenged you to grow and walk in step with the Lord? Think to yourself, how can I get more time with them? I don't know, Shane. I don't have, I don't have treasure. I don't have a job, so I don't know. Let them take you out to coffee. right? If you're young enough, you're willing to be invested in, they'll take you out, right? What's the next move to initiate 4K into that relationship how can you pour into them this how's god challenging you sometimes it's just good questions right that's going to make them work up the last one is times d3 okay so we have tw plus 4k times d3 three generations of time with and the four parts of kavanaugh right hitting the mark Disciple making friends that multiply. Name a friend that is currently helping you follow Jesus. Think of it in your mind. How are they doing that? How are they spurring you on? Then who is helping that person who is helping you? So if you are learning from that person, who is pouring into their life? How do you know? Who, who's, I want to know. Who taught you that? I don't know. It was probably my parents. I don't, it was this. I learned it on Bible study. I actually learned it on the radio. I listen to Moody Radio a lot. 88.5. You should listen to it. If you're a young Christian, that is a good place to go to learn some Bible. So that's, honestly, that is my Bible school. I, I grew up on Christian Moody Radio, and that's where I learned my Bible. We would listen to it while we milk cows. So name a friend that is currently helping you follow Jesus. Who are they doing? If you don't know, ask them. That's a great conversation. Who helped you get to where you are? Who taught you that? Name a friend you're currently helping follow Jesus. So you learn from this person. Now I'm teaching this person. Okay? Three generations person teaching you, you, the person you're teaching, okay? Name a friend you're currently helping follow Jesus. I don't have anybody. Well, then you're not disciple-making, okay? How exactly is God using you to initiate Kavanaugh into this friendship? Do you ever bring the Bible up in your Christian friendships, in your non-Christian friendships? Do you ever talk about that, right? Then you are discipling somebody, okay? You can name somebody then. It means to pursue Jesus with precision, right? With those four things, okay? Kavanaugh. So how exactly is God using you to influence Jesus into these friendships? Here are some opportunities. You want to have somebody to pour into or to be poured into? We have men's group on Thursday, 6.30 p.m. We have ladies. There is a group starting Monday, at 6 p.m right everyone is invited to come to lunch and foundations class here right after church oh boy i have somebody that can pour into me right and you can pour into others because it's a great great group discussion and craig Gillum has done a wonderful job that i would encourage you to come but i'm too young to come to that well youth we have something for you as well 6.30 on Thursday nights, and we'll probably have pizza this week or some kind of food to go along with it because we find out food and fellowship, they go hand in hand, right? Let me close with this. Let me close with this. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says, and this is Jesus talking, a good person produces good things from the treasures of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasure of an evil heart. What you say flows from what was in your heart. How do we know a good tree and a bad tree? You know by the fruit. You know it by their fruit. If the fruit is rotten, the tree ain't any good. It needs to be pruned, it needs to be taken care of, it needs to be fertilized, it needs to be watered. But if the fruit is luscious and plumped and things, probably means somebody's poured into that tree a little bit, right? So it can pour into others. Same with you. Are you pouring someone pouring into you? Everybody's getting poured into. Is it good fertilizer? Or is stink like poo, right? Which is actually good fertilizer for tree, but, right? So what are you going to do? Our ambition as a church should center on embracing the love of Christ, resulting in unity in the body. I pray this week that you will center yourself in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for our time together. We thank you that you are watching over us and that you are spurring us on to the gospel. We thank you and we love you. Lord, I pray that we would show that love by loving others, that we would do a strong self-evaluation so that we understand what it means to love you in a mighty way. Heavenly Father, thank you for giving us a disciple-making way of life in Christ Jesus. As we go through every part of this day, Help us to love you and to love the people who cross our paths, starting with our family. Don't let us miss the adventures you are sending our ways to live and to speak the good news about Jesus today. Draw our hearts to you and to specific people you want us to pull close for Jesus-like disciple-making friendships. By your word and spirit, transform me and others into followers of Jesus who love you, who love people, who make disciples, who make more disciples, ad infinitum. In Jesus' name we pray.